0: Hello and welcome to Beyond Consulting, brought to you by ECA Partners, the only podcast dedicated to helping our listeners understand the wide variety of options they have available to them after a career in consulting. Put differently, you can think of this show as addressing the question, what can I do with my life after countless hours spent in PowerPoint and Excel? I'm Ken Canera, host of Beyond Consulting and CEO of ECA Partners, a specialized project staffing and an executive search firm focused on former management consultants and private equity. Each week, I get to host guests that have spent time in consulting and made some sort of pivot or career change. The goal is to help our audience understand all the options they have and ideally learn from our guests, both in terms of what they did right and things they wish they would have done differently. Today we welcome my good friend Grace Ma to the studio. Grace, thanks so much for joining.
1: Thank you, Ken. That was uh, quite the intro. You asked a million dollar question as part of that intro.
0: Well, hopefully it's a million dollar question. So, so Grace and I have known each other. What shit, Grace, for close close to fifteen or twenty years? I don't know.
1: Let's go with fifteen. It sounds a little better.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably somewhere between two and five. Let's go with that. Um, let me have you introduce yourself. You you've got quite you've got a, quite a lot of irons in the in the fire. So I want to hear it from you.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Ken. First off, for having me on the uh, podcast, I'm super excited. This is the highlight of my day. Just so you know. Introducing myself professionally, I work in the SaaS tech startup world right now. Um, My past life was a former consultant, then went into industry, primarily financial services, um, was part of corporate strategy teams there, and um, then found my way to ECA at one point in my career, spent about a year and a half. That was a great work experience working alongside yourself, Um, and then went into tech. And my tech journey started with AWS, and now I'm at this um, tech startup. Uh, we're valued at 11 billion and, um, it's been an exciting journey so far, but I think for me, my passion is definitely outside of work. <laughs> um, and I do a couple of things. Um, I guess you can call me an influencer, but I do uh, social media with, uh, automotive specifically. That's one of my passion areas. Um, so I have an account called lady GT three, and I've met a lot of cool people, and I just try to share my love for cars with the world through that channel. And then recently reactivated another um, another social media venture of mine, which is around travel, because that's another big passion area of mine, just being able to see the world and meet people. I've done some of that through automotive. Other times, it's just been personal travel. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of what I do. And then I guess the last thing that I focus on my time and energy on is around investments. Um, I myself like to look into investment opportunities, um, pre-IPO companies, and understand what they do and see where I can help them with my experience, as well as um, financially support them if there's an opportunity there and, and watch them grow from there. Well,
0: thanks, Grace. And as you know, normally what we do is we talk about people's consulting career and then how they went into these strategy and operations roles, and it's it's interesting. But I think what's way more interesting to talk to you about is everything else that you do, right? So I know that you have a customer service role at a, at a VC-backed technology company, and normally I'd ask you about that, but today, I want to ask you about everything else about the side hustle and all that other good stuff because that's totally unique from i'd say 99 percent of my consulting friends um but i would imagine that some might have an interest in that so okay so let's start i guess with the automotive thing because that's probably probably what everybody knows you most for
1: yes on social media um yes um, I guess, how did I get into that realm? I've always been intrigued by cars at a young age, ever since I got my first driver's license. Um, I wanted to get a car right away. So I think from there, it was just a snowball effect, right? Um, my parents would take me to car dealerships when I was young and I would just watch the negotiation process. And I don't know, going to a car dealership and seeing all these shiny new objects on the sales floor, it was just such a, like a thrilling thing for me. So, I started getting into cars and then I started driving them and then, um, started out getting into BMWs quite a bit. And then I ended up getting into my first Porsche, um, I think around like 2016, 17, and I've never looked back since. And that's the brand that I've kind of evolved with. It's a really awesome brand. Um, I know you're familiar with them as well. Yourself, Ken.
0: <laughs> that's true. For those of you that know, know, that do not know that Grace has, has, Somehow convinced me to make poor financial decisions on the side, <laughs> and Porsche being one of them. But actually, I don't. I don't ever look right, look back either.
1: Exactly, and I guarantee you, it's given you unlimited smiles per gallon.
0: <laughs> That's true, despite despite the price of fuel now. But you've got an Instagram account, you've got a YouTube channel. Tell us a little bit about kind of like what what it is you focus on those two things as it relates to Porsches
1: yeah so for me it's about sharing my knowledge about these vehicles um and there's a lot of models and trims in the porsche universe even though it's only sports cars and suvs that they manufacture but like the 911 itself right their flagship sports car has like 27 different trims and for somebody who doesn't know the car very well
0: yeah tell tell us first first you gotta tell us what is a trim for those of us that don't know.
1: Okay, sorry about that. Um, a trim would be, for example, a base 911 versus a 911 Carrera GTS, which is... The GTS is their more higher-end horsepower vehicle. Um, and then you get into their GT cars, which are their more track-oriented um, vehicles with the wings, et cetera, that are more set up for for tracking, for folks who want to track the car. But you can still daily drive it. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot of intricacies around these cars, and a lot of people don't know about them. And I, I love reading about, about it. I feel like I've become a little Porsche encyclopedia um, through my world travels and um, meeting other Porsche owners. So I just try to share that passion with the world. And it's led to a lot of really cool things. Um, I've been to the Arctic Circle three times to do the winter driving experience with Porsche. I've met some really cool uh, friends there that I keep in touch with all over the world, Luxembourg, Switzerland, Portugal, Germany, you can name it. Um, I've been to Stuttgart a couple of times to the Porsche Museum. I've even gone to like the the factory in, in, um, in Germany where AMG engines are produced, which is really cool to see, even though that's Mercedes. But I just I love cars. And I think um, I have a unique profile that fits into that universe. And it provides a different view of it because it's it's very male dominated. And I'm a female of color so um i think when people see that they they get interested a little bit and i said and i think to myself why not why not leverage this platform and build a brand around it and help inspire i don't know future women who are into cars as well at some point down the road
0: i love that you're totally debunking that kind of stereotype too right and and for those of you that don't know if I have any car question I instantly text Grace because she knows, she knows way more about it and I think there's like a lot of guys out there like like myself that like cars but don't really know shit about them and it's it's almost a little bit embarrassing but um, I, I don't know Grace is that, is that something that you found with a lot of your viewers?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think there's a a mix of people, right? Some people who know cars at a high level, but don't know the intricacies of it like yourself. Then there's others who are like diehard car enthusiasts who know cars inside out and try to correct me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You get both ends of the spectrum, right? But with the Porsche brand specifically, why I'm so passionate about it, it's just different from any of the other brands. Um, People really genuinely are happy behind the wheel of their cars. And they're just so passionate about it that they're willing to pull over on a highway and talk to you because you're driving their favorite porsche like that has happened to me which is like unreal with other automotive brands it's just this like feeling of community that you don't get um unless you're in a porsche
0: so let's talk about that because i i definitely know what you mean and it's not necessarily related to some sort of like price tag or exclusivity or anything like that, because there's more rare cars with less of a community around them. Why do you think that is?
1: I think the product speaks for itself. I think the brand has done a really good job building a product that is just so admired and iconic. I mean, there's a reason why they've been producing this 911 for over 60 years. It's the car hasn't really evolved that much. If you look at the shape, like you walk out, and you see a 911 drive by in the corner of your eye, you know it's a 911. Like every kid knows what that model is, right? I don't know if you could say the same with other automobile manufacturers and like the different models that they've produced. Um, And a lot of times you just gotta like get behind the wheel of one and drive it. That really is the differentiation. Um, That's when it just clicks for you and you feel one with the car. It really is a driver's car. They make it so easy to get into one and just drive it, even though the car has so much power. Even though it could be classified as a supercar for some people, um, it could still be a daily driver. Like you get the best of all worlds with it.
0: I love the way that you talk about it and the way that you love it. And and that is a really good point about just the the design, the style, the brand just being so iconic. Um, and 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 it doesn't feel very forced. Um, okay, so you like to kind of share your knowledge with the world. I. I think that's been a big element of, of your success too, is like you, you really do, you do take it from like a, like a point where you want to kind of like share, where do you get the energy to do that? Cause I've seen some of your videos and there's like a lot of, there's a lot of info in there.
1: That's a good question. I think it comes back to like passion, right? At the end of the day, Ken, and I feel like people see this all the time, right? You need to really follow your passion and what you love to do because if you don't, it's going to be hard to be successful at anything, right? That, that There's always going to be that barrier in place. So because I'm so passionate about vehicles, when I talk about it, when I am in that realm, in that environment, it doesn't feel like a job. Time doesn't feel like it's passing by slowly. It passes by really fast, and I could stand there all day and talk about that topic. So um, I think it's that. It's also the the friends I've met. I've met some really cool people through the car scene, and as a result of that, I'm like, wow, I can open up even more doors for myself if I just continue evolving from here.
0: So how do you do that? Because, and, and, and tell, tell us a little a bit about some examples. And for our listeners, like, just so you know, like, Grace finds her way in front of the world's most interesting people in the world. And I'm always like, how the hell did you do that? So, like, for, for those of us that are a little bit more shy or timid, how, how do you do it and tell us some, you know, some examples uh, that, that we might know about?
1: I would say just do it. It sounds cliche. It really does. Cause I would describe myself as a introverted extrovert, if you will. Right. There are times where I'm okay outside talking to folks, but there are times where I like my alone time too. But what I've learned is the power of, of the internet, right? Like if, if I were to be growing up in the world, like 30, 40 years ago versus now network networking would be a completely different dynamic. Now we have the power of TikTok. We have the power of email, like we can access people's contact information so easily that all you have to do is just send out out an email or drop a message and set yourself apart a little bit. And you'd be surprised. People will respond. Um, And that goes back to the just do it. You just can't be shy. Like if they don't, if they read it and they don't respond, so what? You have nothing to lose, right? Like you, you have to think with that mentality. And with that, it's really opened up a lot of doors. And I've Connected to some crazy people CEOs of a lot of automotive companies um, And it's been really cool
0: One word I'd use to describe you is bold. So you, you mentioned like being introverted extroverted and so I was, I was watching this uh, like Ted talk or something about like being bold and like one of her points on the talk was that like if people are too like th- there's a lot of smart people that are afraid to be bold because they, do, they run the math in their head almost subconsciously, like the, the probability of failure being higher than success. So does that even like come to mind when you wow. think about, like, oh, I'm gonna reach out to people?
1: No, that does not cross my mind. I do not mathematically calculate <laughs> what my success rate is because frankly, I don't think I have the time or the energy to do that and I, yeah. ju- I just reach out. If I think there is a common interest there and we could sort of add value to each other's lives, I'm just gonna reach out
0: because I love that about yeah, you. what's
1: the worst that can happen it's it's yeah
0: I mean they could ignore you right
1: but at least they know who you are even if they ignore <laughs> you right maybe they've read the message you never know
0: so Grace you recently did this in in partnership with the New York Auto Show right
1: yeah so I got my um my first official influencer gig recently which was really cool I wasn't expecting it um the New York Auto Show was in town and It was the first time they were having it in like two, three years. So I think a lot of people were just excited for it to be back live in person. Um, And I had um, eBay Motors reach out to me. And I partnered with them because they hosted their first auto show around um, folks who have purchased automotive parts from eBay. And they're building it into their current cars. And the whole messaging was around, you don't need to necessarily buy a new car. eBay has like 120 million parts for sale. And sometimes there are parts that you can't even get from the auto manufacturer themselves cause the car's so old or retired out, but you can source it on eBay, which is pretty cool.
0: Okay, so actually I wanna talk a little bit about this whole word influencer because there's definitely a negative connotation with it. And like, you know, we, we see a lot of quote unquote like influencers that are just like taking pretty pictures of themselves, right? And that's like, to me, the reason why I roll my eyes when I hear influencer. But then you have someone like you that's truly passionate about a hobby, a subject area, and you're you're actually sharing interesting, usable content. I guess, how do you think about, I guess, like the, the influencer, you know, job or career evolving?
1: It's a really interesting topic. And it is funny that some people put a negative connotation on it, right? I don't know why that formed the way it did. But... I think it's part of our lives, whether we like it or not. And I think a lot of companies in their marketing and advertising budget, they've, they've leaned that way, right? Like you're seeing people cut the cord on cable television. People aren't necessarily sitting in front of a TV as much. Everybody's on their phones. And this is where the influencer community has grown so much, right? TikTok, Instagram, there's a whole slew of other apps that are out there and you and people's attention spans are also really short. And this is where influencers come in. They do videos that are like 15 to 20 seconds long. And that's what gets people's attention. And you can actually communicate a lot with that time. So um I think it's part of our lives, whether we like it or not. And I think it's gonna continue to, to grow moving forward.
0: Yeah, and I think that there's something interesting about I'd say your approach versus let's call it like the negative stereotype, which is like if Uh, because I do think of you as an influencer, but if if there's something out there that you're promoting or you're saying there's a high, high degree of trust as well. How do you ensure, like for those of us, for those of our listeners that are like interested in potentially like pursuing this sort of career path or route, like what, how do you, how do you maintain that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to you filtering the opportunities that come through. you yourself as an influencer, you become a brand almost, right? And you have to determine what that brand is that you want to be. You can't possibly be saying yes to every opportunity that comes into your lap. Um, That would not be in line with with the messaging that you're trying to display. So I think it's about understanding that company who's approaching you or that individual and what their mission and strategy is and see how it aligns to yours.
0: Okay. Okay. Now that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. And then what about like plans for Lady GT3 as it relates to your different social media accounts and kind of where you're headed with this?
1: Yeah, I would um, love to continue to grow it. It's definitely a full-time job, even though I don't do it (laughs) full-time. Um, so that's a, a myth that I need to debunk about influencers, right? You, you see these pretty pictures, you think it's really easy, but it's not, it takes a whole team to produce, especially if you become big and it becomes, more mainstream, right? Like often around, you see these YouTube stars, they literally have a posse of people following them around at events because they got somebody doing makeup. They have another person filming. They, it, It's a lot. Um, I would love to be able to continue to grow it. Um, I love sharing my passion with the world and hey, if it could become my full time job one day, I, I think that would be best case scenario. It wouldn't feel like a job.
0: Yeah, no, because I've seen some of the production that you've done, um, e- even like on the weekends, there's stuff with like the classic car club, right? T- could you talk a little bit about kind of some of the, the, the events or things that you focus your, your different kind of productions around?
1: Yeah, I think that's another way I've found a way to evolve and grow my brand as well, right? I can't be sitting behind a computer and making all these videos on my own. I guess you could. Some influencers do do that. Different content. But um, I'm involved in a couple different car clubs slash car communities in the tri-state area. So Classic Car Club being one of them, it's a social club where they rent out their fleet of exotics. But they also have a lounge in the city where you can dine there um, and bring clients, etc. It's a fun place to hang out. Um, I'm part of a driving club called Northeast Drivers Club, which is awesome. We're just a club of like 500 people who are really passionate about cars and we get together on a weekly basis and there's always drives where members have routed out, um, different drives to do. And then through that, um, we also do events like that's what led me to the racetrack. So I also track on my free time when I can, I call myself an amateur race car driver (laughs) because, um. It takes a lot of time to be a professional. You have to be at the track like every single week. Um, But yeah, there's events like that. And then we also do other social events. We also give back to the community. We actually have an event coming up with uh, the New York Giants, which I'm super excited about um, with one of the wide receivers. So again, somebody I met through my Instagram influencer gig, and um, he's into cars and he partners with a, a, a youth group called the Far Rockaway Colts, which is tied to like the NYPD as well. And these are kids from underprivileged backgrounds and communities, and they come together via football and he, he supports them as part of the Giants organization. Um, and he wanted us to bring like 20, 30 cars to the event to showcase to the kids that um, this could potentially be you one day, right? And explain to them how we got to where we were. So it's just like more of a motivational thing. So we try to give back to the community as much as we can through through uh, through my driving club
0: that's awesome yeah so my big i guess i have a few takeaways from from this i guess first part is one you need to be bold you need to be, pull up and shoot and not be afraid to reach out to people two is it takes time right this is not this is not just like a quick you know photo on instagram type of thing right It and then three is you need to be authentic and and know what to say no to and and then lastly just yeah, there's a lot more ways to get involved, right? Like with these like in-person like social clubs and everything like that and ways to give back. That that That's really cool. This does sound like a full-time job, Grace. <laughs> but luckily we've got two more of your full-time jobs to talk about, which, which are related to your passions. You're also an investor in early stage companies. Is that right? That's right. So what does that mean? How is it different than investing in the stock market?
1: it's definitely a different world. Um, so I got into this couple of years ago, I think with the pandemic and everything, right. A lot of people's free time opened up and I thought to myself, what other channels of income can I create for myself? And I think it's really important to not be dependent on just one, one source of income. So I started looking into different startups that were like around the friends and family stages of, of their maturity level. Cause that's, probably like the easiest way to get in, in terms of low cost. Um, And then I also have a broker that I work closely with, who's a good friend of mine. And he started introducing me to private placements, which is um, RSUs, shares of private companies that are sold on a secondary market. Okay. So through the combination of the two, I started doing a lot of research. And like I said, the power of the internet, all this information is so easily available right now. If you're not taking advantage of it, you're not making the most of what you can with your life, in a way, right? so through that, that's where I started looking into companies and trying to understand what they do. And I just genuinely am a curious person, and that's what I love to do. I like to evaluate what different companies do, how they're trying to bring their service or product to the world, and how they're trying to change the world to make it a better place. And I think the companies who do well in that respect, those are the ones who end up being very successful over time. But to your original question, how is it different than, than the stock market, I think I don't know if there is a huge amount of difference because at the end of the day, there's a lot of due diligence involved, right? I think the due diligence for private companies are just a little bit harder to get access to information. But if you're out there networking, um, you'll eventually find this information one way or another.
0: Okay. In- I guess curious to hear, I mean, evaluating, so evaluating, you know, a stock that of a publicly traded company is obviously very different than evaluating an early stage team that has five founders or something like that. That must be a lot of work. How do you think about evaluating the different opportunities?
1: Yeah, no, there's a lot of different, um, different elements to look at, right? I think for me, the key things I look into are what is a service or product that they're building out? A second item is the leadership team in place. I think actually, oftentimes, especially in these early stage companies, you're investing in the team that's in place over the product and service because the product and service likely will evolve over time. And you've seen this time and time again with a lot of companies right now, like Shopify. They started as a company that was out there selling used snowboard equipment. Or so. Oh really? Yeah. Look where they. Oh wow. Look, I never knew that. Look where they've evolved to. Even like an Uber. Uber started as a ride share, but they've got Uber Eats now and like they've evolved themselves too, right? So a lot of times the companies that do are all the ones that evolve. But if you have the right leaders in place with the right vision and they're all aligned, that can take you to infinity and, and, and beyond, as silly as that sounds. But having the right leaders there is are so critical. So I guess that's why they call the initial rounds friends and family, because um, you're pulling money from friends and family, but you so I know people who personally in like the VC world who just only want to invest in friends and family type companies that their friends and families are operating. Like they wouldn't take on a stranger's early seed stage company and, and write a check to them.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, in, in in a funny way, you could almost think about it. And I've never thought about it until you just said that. You, you could almost think about it. It's more arbitrary to invest in, in like a stock of a company that... You, okay, yeah, we can read publicly available reports and everything, but it's more... I don't know. There's probably more to it if you actually know the person and they know you and they've got your dollars and have every responsibility to do the right thing.
1: Absolutely. There's definitely more of a connection there. But I'm not saying not to invest in the stock market, right? I, I think diversification is important. This is yeah. just one realm of what I like to do to help diversify myself.
0: And do you get actively involved in these investments? Like, do you meet the founders? Do you advise? Like, I guess, what's the extent of it?
1: So it depends. Like if I'm getting in like series D, which is a little later stage through my broker Mm -hmm. via private placement, no, I'm not going to get involved, right? Because that's just more of a transactional thing um, that they've helped me identify. But in the earlier round C stage companies, yeah, that's where I have an opportunity to talk to the owners, talk to the founders, understand their roadmap and their vision. And it's really cool to just understand what they're trying to scale to.
0: All right, let's shift gears one more time, pun intended, to travel. So there's a new, a relatively new kind of uh, focus for what you're doing on social media right now, which is Lady Grace Travels, if I'm not mistaken.
1: That's right. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so what is Lady Grace Travels all about?
1: What I told myself is I travel quite a bit. Um, my husband and I- Yes, she
0: does. <laughs> she. Sorry to interrupt. She travels a fuck ton. <laughs>
1: And because I'm traveling so much, I figured I should document this. And what I also do when I travel is I make mental notes to myself of like, what did I like about this place? What did I not like in terms of travel? Like, I just want to share my love for traveling with the world. And I want to help people who might be going to the same destination sometime down the road, tell them about the pros and cons about the destination or what I experienced and give them tips because I've found benefit in that. So before I even leave for a, a location, I do a lot of research. I'm like on-trip advisor, combing through reviews. Like I don't just look at the star rating and say, I'm gonna go this place, eat here, or book this this accommodation. I actually read the the good reviews and the really bad reviews. So I see both ends of the spectrum. And because I've acquired all this knowledge, I figured I should share it with the world because it, it's it's something that I can give back to the community.
0: I mean, you just recently went to Granada. Is that right? Grenada. Oh, Grenada. I'm sorry. Yeah. sorry. No, no, people get
1: it. Listen, up until the point I got to the airport, I was calling it Grenada <laughs> as well. <laughs> and then I heard the lady on the loudspeaker saying, all right, we're boarding the flight for Grenada. I was like, "My God!" <laughs> so just to share with you. Um,
0: oh, that, that's good to know.
1: It, 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 there's two, Grenada is spelled the same oh, way as Grenada. You just
0: said it wrong again.
1: No, no, no. I deliberately <laughs> said it wrong. I said, Grenada is spelled the same way as Grenada.
0: Oh, okay, okay. That's what All people right.
1: call it Granada. But the Granada is in Spain, and Grenada is in the Eastern Caribbean. They're two different countries.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know that. I I didn't know there were two.
1: Yeah, they're there two different locations. One's in Spain, one's in, in the Caribbean
0: okay all right got it and okay so getting, getting back to the whole point but you do a lot of you okay you do a lot of research and you also go to some pretty random hard to get to places i uh, mean you mentioned you've been to the arctic circle three times <laughs> uh i think you drove cars in the snow there right i mean what are some of the most wild trips you've ever done
1: that those are good times um i would say up there for me um south africa was really cool because that's my first time onto that continent um i've never done a safari before absolutely fell in love with it just the culture there is so different from what we experience in like Europe and some of the other countries um Asia is is in and of itself a unique entity um I love Japan that's one of my favorite countries in the world in terms of food culture efficiency it's a very clean society um uh where else have I been oh so many I also love to hike outdoors as well. So wherever there's like really good hiking, I get naturally attracted to it. So like I've been to the um, Azores, it's pronounced Azores, which is um, a municipality in the Atlantic that belongs to Portugal. That's um, a really cool hidden gem that there's no resort chains on the island as well. So it's still very untouched and it's beautiful there. Um, I love Portugal. It's so easy to get to from the US. You could do a weekend trip out of it with the flight schedules So a lot of places um, Are unique
0: one of the things that I think is so cool about you is you never seem to get stale and it's not just like the influencer thing it's like Like every I don't know at least every month you're doing something interesting whether it's through the car club with the Porsche thing You're going to some place a lot of us have trouble right we get into like our little routine right and it's like for, for me it's like oh i'm gonna play golf every weekend and it's like and then it's like shit, eight weeks just went by and i didn't do anything with my life how do you how do you keep it fresh the way you do <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's on two ends of the spectrum, right? Like, I feel like I'm the type who might never get good at one thing the way you are, Ken. Like, you're like a professional gol- golfer. Or <laughs> that
0: is not, is not true.
1: Because I've so <laughs> If you many... would have
0: seen me play yesterday, you would disagree.
1: <laughs> well, we have off days. So we'll give you that. <laughs> no, I, I would say I'm definitely like more on the jack-of-all-trades side versus master of one. Um, it definitely takes a lot of time to hone one craft. But for me, I have so many different interests. I love sports. I love travel. I love food. I love learning about different cultures, and that's what gets me excited. So I just try to follow my passions as much as I can outside of work because it's really opened up my my viewpoint of the world, and it's brought me so many cool friendships um, into into my life. And I can't be more grateful for it. That's
0: true. That's something we didn't even talk about. Was is sports for you, right? So you're you've done football leagues. You've done basketball, like tell us about all the different like leagues you do, because I actually don't think like most adults like, in, in our like age bracket even think to do these things or even know they're available. I, I know you live in New York, but really tell us a little bit about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I guess um, the beauty of New York City, right? Like any single league you can think of, it probably exists. You just have to search for it. Um, so I've done co-ed flag football. I did that quite a bit. It led me to like playing football at MetLife Stadium, which is a really crazy and cool experience. Um, I do pick up basketball. I play softball, golf, tennis, volleyball. Um, I just try to stay as active as I can on weekends. And I love finding and meeting new friends who want to stay active because honest to God, when we work, we especially now in this pandemic type of world, right, we're always sitting behind a computer and it's probably the worst feeling in the world to be chained to a computer and I want to get out as much as I can on weekends. That's why I'm always running around.
0: Before you were doing what you're doing now, right? You, you, you did a lot of time in consulting have, I guess, have you always had these like other interests when you were doing consulting? Like what advice do you have for folks that are currently kind of like in the grind of consulting?
1: Yeah. I mean, those were some long hours when I think back to that lifestyle, right? Every Monday to Thursday on the road, it was uh, not fun. Um, but I think the model's probably shifting a little bit since COVID. Oh, yeah. I would say just keep an open mind, really. Keep an open mind. And um, when there are things happening in your neighborhood, like just show up. You never know who you're going to meet. Um, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like also don't take no for an answer. Just because somebody says you can't come or you can't do this or that, there's always other venues. I actually read a really funny article yesterday that inspired me um, and She's now the CEO of Aritzia, the retail, okay. the retail company. Um, yeah, she's been at the company for 35 years, and she said, "What they asked her, what's the biggest advice she would give?" And she said, "Don't take no for an answer." So she applied to be um, a salesperson at a retail okay. clothing store, like 35 years ago in Vancouver when it first started out. She got rejected by the founder. Then she drove like a couple blocks down the road to another boutique, say um, which was the same company, and then she got the job there. And look where it led her today. To the ceo of this company that the founder thinks there's no other person more qualified to run it than her because she's done every single role at the company so honestly you're gonna get no told to you a lot just in life in general i think you just got to be persistent persistent is so key in anything in mastering anything and getting better at anything and being successful
0: i love that yeah no it's I, I think it's such a key element of all your success too right um yeah, being persistent, being bold, not not taking no for don't take no for an answer. I can't help but think like too many smart people, really. It's a, it's like it's like they see how things can go wrong versus how they can go right instead, right? What their life could be instead of like what their life is. I to me that's like Grace Ma in a nutshell.
1: Well, <laughs> thank you, Ken.
0: No, I'm serious. I think it's awesome.
1: I mean, it's not for everybody, right? Everybody has their different lifestyles <laughs> and such, but I just, I hate being stagnant. and I, I feel like you're the same way. We're cut from the same cloth in a way, right? And I just, I, I don't want to like, if I go tomorrow, I want to know like I've done as much in life as I can and I've experienced as much as I can in, in the realm that I'm able to do so. And that's why I push myself to these boundaries and try to find what's considered fun for me. And that's what keeps me going on a daily basis.
0: That's awesome. I was at a dinner like a couple weeks ago and th- 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 ugh, it was like a 20 person dinner. Anyways, everyone's like kind of going through, going around with like a quote that they heard or whatever. And I, I don't even remember my quote, but someone told me they were recent. Their quote was basically live fabulously. Ooh. And I don't, like and I was like, "shit, that, that makes a lot of sense. Right. It's like like. Yeah, like every day, like every day, you kids, I don't know. I I love that you have the energy to do it. Um, And it almost to me seems like more begets more, as opposed to more begets tired.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say it helps that I don't have children. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just be honest and and, and acknowledge that fact. But I mean, I've seen people who do this with children. I've seen people travel the world with kids, right? Obviously, it's a little bit different. But if you want something bad enough you will figure out how to get it i think that's how most humans are wired so it's about prioritizing what it is that you want out of life and going after it
0: i never thought i'd quote my dad on this podcast but my dad used to tell me growing up is people find reasons to do things or they find reasons not to exactly and grace ma definitely finds reasons to do things all right speaking uh, i don't even know how to uh, transition to this any any other way but so the other thing that we're doing grace is we're doing a beyond consulting library so we're trying to compile books because we're all like nerds and just anything that has kind of like had an impact on your life and that you think other folks should read
1: oh that's a tough one because grace doesn't read a lot of books
0: (laughs) but (laughs) but but she reads a lot that's the thing
1: i do i read a lot of blogs. I read a lot of articles. That's where I'm consuming my information. Um, I would say stay as global as you can, because with media, right, especially in the U.S., it's media is very controlled in a certain manner. And I try to read the world news. Like I'll open BBC, not just read like CNN or Fox or whatever. Right. I don't want to read just the U.S. media outlets because there's so much happening in the world that we are not aware of. And it's not good that we're so ignorant. And those things have implications to us at the end of the day.
0: That's such a good point. In fact, you know, I still I still read Al Jazeera news, and people people look at me like I'm cross-eyed, and it's like, well, no, it's a legit, it's a legitimate source, and like, just just because it's not like CNN, you know, or Fox, right? Like, it doesn't take away from it. But um, that's a really good point.
1: And yeah, and that's what ties to my travel too. Like when I'm traveling around the world, like I love to immerse myself in local cultures and get to know people. And if I'm not, like, semi-educated about it a little bit, I'm going to look like an ass walking into a store doing something that, like, is, like, offensive to them, right? So it's, like, just being aware of what's happening globally. Um, on the investment front, there's a guy that I really like. I I align with his investment thesis, which is more like the Warren Buffett methodology, right, long-term investment. His name is Brian Forlodi. I discovered him on Twitter. Twitter is, like, a trove of information, good or bad, if you will, but he shares a lot of great investment theses. And um, basically what he, his methodology is when the market is bad, that's when you should be buying, right? Because that's when most people are running. And that's where a lot of the wealthy get wealthier. Um, Awesome. You shouldn't be going in the direction of everybody else.
0: (laughs) So we'll include that link in there uh, in the podcast description as well. But I want to also make sure that we get the right uh, ways to contact you for your various kind of uh, social media outlets. So let's start with the automotive focus. So you've got Lady GT3. Is there anything else?
1: So there's at Lady 3 That's my Instagram. That's my TikTok. My email address is theladygt3 at gmail.com. Okay. Um, and then there's at Lady Grace Travels, which is my travel Instagram account. And then that email address is Lady Grace Travels at gmail.com. Um, but I'm sure if you search my name on social media, it will come up instantly. And I'm just a DM away. I get a lot of uh, direct messages from a lot of different people.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I and it's funny because most guests I don't offer this up, but I'm I'd be safe saying this. Um, I know that if anyone was interested in kind of making a shift the way that Grace has shifted her career and focus, um, you can find her on LinkedIn as well, Grace Ma and she will happily accept your your message uh uh, as long as you don't take no for an answer so
1: (laughs) nice one ken
0: any other kind of sites or blogs or anything like that you want to share
1: um no i think those are the the main ones that have stood out for me
0: okay awesome so for our listeners that want to be informed when we have future guests like grace Make sure to subscribe to Spotify or Apple. Uh, it's Beyond Consulting is the name of our podcast. If you want to stay in touch for suits future episodes, I can't talk today. Um, and then if you're looking for past episodes, you can go to beyondconsulting.info. And then lastly, if you want to get in touch with me, you can check out eca-partners.com. And Grace, thanks so much for joining. For everyone else, we'll talk to you next week.
1: Thank you, Ken.